Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 7th edition of the Goal to Go Kickoff Show. Yes, this is where, instead of, you know, sen- spending the end of episodes of normal Goal to Go talking about the Saints and LSU games coming up this week, I feel the need to split it off into its own thing, that way I can talk more about it, and so that you guys can get the actual information, you know, in a more... in an easier manner, I guess, you know? Because why would I put it at the end of an episode that I'm already kind of pushing for time, quote-unquote? Uh, when I could instead just do it on another day, and also maybe get you to hear it better. You know what? I don't need to justify this. I instead need to talk about the fact that the New Orleans Saints have a Monday night football game upcoming. Oh, yes, they do. That's where we're going to start. So, Saints on Monday night football, they will be playing in Seattle against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. You know, like everyone expected at the beginning of the season. What? So, the Saints are coming off of their bye week. And, um, nobody knows what this team is. Still nobody knows. It's an early bye, but it's an important bye. We get Quan Alexander. We get Marcus Davenport. We get David Onyemata. He is unsuspended, I believe. Oh, wait. No, it's a six-game suspension. He does not come back this week. He comes back next week. I forgot how that suspension was worded. It wasn't a six-week suspension, six games. So he'll be back next week. But we do get Traquan Smith back, so that's good. I don't know about the status of Will Lutz. I do know this. I'm worried because Taysom Hill hasn't been practicing. That concussion is still a problem. He is important to our run game and to our offense in general. So we're... I'm still monitoring that. Now, granted, the first uh, injury report for this game came out yesterday because that's how Monday nights work. Everything gets pushed back a day. Um, And he didn't practice. There were a couple other guys. uh, Deontay Harris, he's still dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, A couple other guys that were out. Uh, still waiting for all this stuff to come in again. We're only getting the second injury report today, and that'll be later, because again, thanks Pacific Time Zone. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about it. I still don't know what the Saints are. Their defense is good. The offense is inconsistent. This is a team that is yo-yo all year. Well, they won. Now they, if this team is yo-yoing, They'll probably lose. But with the bye week being weird, maybe that was their loss and now they're going to win. Or maybe they aren't going to yo-yo anymore. Yeah, I understand. Getting Quan and Davenport back, two guys that are very essential to the pass rush. Something that we haven't really had all season. Which is partially because of that. Those guys that were integral to getting us pressure on the quarterback... Just haven't been there because of injuries. But now they're coming back. Quan's really important for the pass rush. Uh, Davenport especially gets that push in the front four. And we're going up against the Seahawks with Geno Smith. The Seahawks are not exactly great when it comes to offensive line. I mean, they handled the Steelers pretty well. So, I guess there's that. But they only put up, what, 20 points? And Geno Smith didn't exactly have the greatest time. But they did handle it better than I thought they would. We'll have to see what they do this week. Um, ugh. I'm really trying to figure out what to say about this game, but it's really tough when you haven't seen the Saints from last week. This is their bye week. 
How are they going to look? Sean Payton tends to be pretty good after the bye week. Um, I think he's only lost like four games coming out of the bye. Like, it's impressive how good we are out of the bye week. But just because uh, we tend to do that doesn't mean we will do that. Because I was at the 2018, no, 2019 Falcons game coming off the bye, and we lost it. That was at home. And the Falcons were terrible. So, I think the Saints might pull it out. In my predictions, I have them winning it. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere near a blowout. I think it's going to be a very tight game back and forth. Might be last team that has the ball wins. The one thing that does have me questioning is the Seahawks defense. The Seahawks defense is giving up a ton of yards per game. It's like 450 yards in like, I think, almost all of their games. They've given up 450 yards. It's bad. It's one of the worst defenses. That being said... Um, just because a team is bad doesn't mean they're going to play bad against us. Because, you know, the Giants were so bad with all these procedural penalties and then proceeded to have, like, zero against the Saints. So, you know, that makes logical sense. Um, all in all, I think what's important about this game is that the Saints get back They need to get a rhythm, not just back on rhythm. They haven't had one this entire season. Again, win, loss, win, loss, win. What are y'all doing? Figure out who you are. Figure out what it is on defense. You need to get the pass rush fixed. Secondary's been great. Secondary's been fantastic compared to in years past. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is possibly the best defensive back, uh, at least with one hand. Like, he's the best one-handed defensive back in the entire NFL right now. There's really no argument for that. This dude is doing better with one hand than most defensive backs do with two. He is still killing it out here. And it's impressed me to inordinate amounts. I'm waiting for when he gets that second hand back because there were a couple of passes against Washington he could have picked off. If he had both hands, he could have picked it off. So, we'll see about that. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch out for against Geno Smith. Um, Not Russell Wilson, despite how badly he wants to be out there. He's not. Um, One guy I'm looking out for... And by the way, I think... Yeah, I think McCoy is back. See, again, it's weird because I don't have as much of a chance to tell, like, okay, here's what we know going into this... Because the injury report is back a day. So instead of it being like on Friday, you have a general idea of, okay, well, this guy's probably not playing. This guy probably is. Still don't have that. One guy that won't be playing. Michael Thomas is still out. He's getting back into the swing of things. He can come off of uh, the PUP list. He's probably not going to come off of it for a while. And by a while, I mean he's not going to come back this week. It's not even certain if he comes back next week. It might be the week after. That ain't great, but you got to realize this guy hasn't practiced in a very long time. He has to get back to football strength and back to football speed. Once he does that, it'll be much better. He'll be back on the field, and he can be somewhat productive for us for the time that we can use him. Because uh, very useful. We are getting Traquan Smith back, which is great. We finally have our number two receiver after, you know, five weeks. Yeah, we haven't had our number two receiver for like five weeks. And we've been doing pretty fine. Granted, we don't have Deontay Harris. That's a huge loss. I'm hoping we can get Taysom Hill, because, again, 
He's very integral to the run game. Otherwise, who did we sign? Like, Lamar Miller to the practice squad? He probably, he'll probably get upgraded, and that worries me. Because I just don't know about these veteran running backs. I'm just... My main worry is that he's going to fumble in a key situation and, you know, cost us the game. And I know just saying that means that it's going to happen. But that's something I always worry about. Gotta, gotta stay healthy. And is Will Lutz back? I don't even know. I genuinely don't even know. Or are we going to use that guy from that we signed off the Bears uh, practice squad from Virginia Tech? I'm not 100% sure. What I do know is this. Uh, this game should be very interesting because the Saints are never not an interesting game. It's, it's been this whole year. It's never been a game where it's been like, well, this, well, except for the second game. And even then you were interested in seeing, what the hell are they doing? So yeah. Now then, let's move on from the Saints. Who again, they didn't play last week. It's really hard to, you know, say what they're going to do. And on to LSU football. Uh, they played last week and what the hell was that? Remember, if you listened to this thing last week, I went on like a 20-minute ramble about how we weren't going to win this game and that you should have no faith in this team. And um, like normal, um, we won that game pretty handily because of course we did. Not, I'm sorry, not pretty handily. We won that game though. We won that game. Hey, I said in that thing, they were going to have a number probably in a four. Florida was going to have a four. I didn't think that they would lose that game, but I wasn't wrong about that now, was I? A 321 total rushing yards for LSU. What? I didn't know. No, I just didn't think that would happen. Here's what happened. Step one, run halfback counter. Step two, repeat ad infinitum. Seriously, we just ran halfback counter the entire second half. We threw one pass in the final quarter of the game. One. That was the game-winning touchdown pass. Why? Where did this run game come from? Todd Grantham's inability to coordinate a defense. How is he the third paid, the third highest paid defensive coordinator in the entire business? This dude cannot coordinate a defense. He does not do a good job of it. Dude, you're getting burned on the same play run 14 straight times up your throat. Really? Really? You cannot be this bad. They did not respect it at all. And they were just wide open holes. One of my things I said about Ty Davis Price, he's a first contact back. Yeah, I proved that I'm wrong about that. Nah, does he go down on first contact? Turns out, maybe only if you get him low. Not if you get him high. If you get him up high, he'll he'll run through you. He'll run through you. Like, he literally ran over a guy. Just put his shoulder into him and had him on the ground. That's the kind of running I've been wanting to see from Ty Davis Price all year. Where has that been all year? That's the kind of LSU running back I'm used to seeing. Like, dude, more of this, please? But here's the thing. LSU can't do this. LSU's not able to sustain this. I don't think they can. Not against Ole Miss. No, not against Ole Miss. I don't think that they can sustain it. You had 147 rushing yards against Kentucky, but most of that was in garbage time. You had two. You had 321 rushing yards, but you were spamming the same play like it was Madden and you were playing on rookie mode. Like, this isn't NCAA 14, and you're not running the triple option on every single play. You cannot spam and can't... Excuse me. You can't cheese the defense all time. 
Not everyone is Todd Grantham, who has emotional play calling, who is so predictable that a beat writer once called his entire defense at a certain point. Thank you, shut down full cast after dark. Um, yeah, you're going up against a real football team. This is a team that deserves to be in the top 10. Uh, they're not in the top 10, they're number 12. Well, even then, they deserve to be in the top 10. Though they aren't, I think that they're a top 10 football team. Ole Miss is good. Now, I will say, Tennessee exposed some weaknesses against them. Tennessee had them on the ropes. Tennessee played them in a damn good football game. And if the referees didn't call back that um, fumble uh, that was ruled stopped for progress by Matt Corral, I don't know if Ole Miss escapes uh, Nealon with a win. I mean, they couldn't escape Nealon without, you know, golf balls being thrown at them. So... That was a thing. God damn. Okay, let's just get on this. Tennessee fans, why were you throwing things? That isn't going to help you. How is it? I don't get it. Why do you feel like the best way to solve the situation is to throw things onto the field? That's not going to do it. I don't think the refs are going to side with the people throwing bottles at them. They might get angry at you. Like, I think it's only going to hurt you. Please don't throw things onto the field. Have you ever seen a situation, ever, where people throwing stuff onto the field ended up resulting in good things happening? Like, I mean, it's not like this is a hat trick where everybody throws their hats onto the ice or when, like, they do those promotions where everybody throws stuff onto the... Which I only see in hockey, by the way. Like, I get why it's only done in hockey, because they have, like, those boards around there. But still, it's just kind of weird to me. Like, I've never seen it done at a soccer match, and they could easily do it there. But again, those are bigger fields. You know what? I can totally understand why that doesn't happen there, and I rescind my previous comment. Anyway, yeah, just kind of stupid. Don't do that again, please. Just dumb. And you had a chance to win that game. Why are you throwing things? You ha- you forced the band out. Oh, by the way, interesting fun fact about LSU that I only noticed after going to the game. Um, LSU has been in three games this year in which a team did not bring their marching band. The team that did not bring their marching band has failed to win every single game. We didn't bring our marching band to UCLA, and we lost. Central Michigan, they didn't bring their marching band. They lost. And Florida did not bring their marching band they lost. So, in conclusion, when playing LSU, bring your marching band. It's very important. Three is the scientific burden of proof, damn it. You know what else is a scientific burden of proof? Three games where you can run the ball. You've only got two. Let's get back to that run game. Yeah, that was a good segue. Because we've only got two examples of you even doing anything decent with the ball. And only one of those was, you know, outside of garbage time. So for LSU to win this game that they won't win, I don't think they win it. I don't think that they get blown out in epic proportions. Epic proportions means anything over 40, by the way. Just a heads up. Um, I guess that means that Alabama didn't beat us by epic proportions last year because they only beat us by 38. Take that, uh, you know, little nugget and think about it. What is a blowout of epic proportions? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think it's around 40-ish, but could be worse. Either way, back to this. 
Um, I do think that Ole Miss is better than us and is going to beat us senseless, um, at least on defense, and then we'll be able to just kind of play a little bit of catch-up at the end of it, but it won't matter. Um, I think Ole Miss probably scores 50 on us, but I think with our offense, we could score 30. Like, I mean, we could do that. I could see this being a 55-31 to 31 game. Hey, that's not that bad. Because here's the thing about Ole Miss. Uh... I was asking before the season, why the heck is Matt Corral a Heisman candidate? I have changed my mind. I can see it. I can see why Matt Corral is a Heisman candidate. He can kind of do a lot of things. He's really good at football. Yeah, I was wrong about Matt Corral, and I'm not the first to admit it, but I will admit it now. I've watched Matt Corral play football. It's very good. Now, is he going to play? He should be, apparently. Uh, apparently, there's, like, maybe he's injured, but nah, he should play. Um, also, interesting little thingy. Uh, they're retiring Eli Manning's number at the game, and they put Manning in both end zones. Um, insert funny joke about Eli Manning tripping over someone, and thus Ole Miss tripping in the end zone. I'm not going to make one, because frankly, I've seen too many on Twitter, and I don't know which one to steal. Um, what I do know is this. Ole Miss is a good football team. They're a damn good football team. The fact that Alabama was that much better, um, beat them by that much, shows you how good Bama is. How did they lose to Texas A&M? I mean, even Nick Saban called it a trap game, so that's how? Because sometimes you lose games randomly, and it's weird, and college football is funny. But yeah, this game's going to be not fun if LSU doesn't happen to find a way to run the ball. Look, I'll say this. If LSU actually runs the ball somewhat effectively, somewhat effectively, by the way, means non-garbage time, you've got about 85 yards. It's hard to run for 100 yards. If you've got 85 yards in non-garbage time, hey, that's pretty good, actually. And if they aren't coming from stupid QB rollouts because everyone's covered and they're not giving you the middle of the field, or I'm sorry, they're not putting anybody in the middle of the field because they forget that Max Johnson can run the football. You know, like how the Saints would do that with Matt Ryan in 2018. Yes, I'm still pissed off about that game. Um, then maybe, you know, I can give them some credit. LSU needs to win one more SEC game and the game against ULM for them to be bowl eligible. They would go 6-6, six and six, and I think they'd head to, like, the Birmingham Bowl. Um, they'd be at the lowest of the low-tier SEC Bowls, but they would be in one. Now, here's another thing to note. Coach O is no longer the full-time head coach of LSU. He is now the interim head coach at LSU. Again, he's uh, agreed to this separation agreement where basically he's not going to coach uh, after the end of the season, but he'll be retained. Have I ever heard of this before? No, I don't know if this has ever happened. Where it's like, okay, so you're just a sitting duck now. We lost a four-star wide receiver out of Edna Carr as a result of it, which is not shocking because, you know, Coach O was a pretty, he's a damn good recruiter, but he couldn't stay on as head coach. He's just got too much crap going on with him. It was about the wins and the losses. It had nothing to do with him almost picking up uh, or trying to pick up a high-ranking member of the LSU faculty, or I think it was like the LSU Board of Supervisors, uh, their wife at a gas station. That's a thing that happened, according to someone. 
I'll tell you what didn't happen, by the way. Uh, kids at practice. Hey, dude who works for WBRZ who decided that that was something to say. Please, name your source. At least identify your source in some way, shape, or form. You don't have to name them. Okay? That'd be wrong. But at least tell us what your source is. What kind of person are they? What's their title? Why did they tell you that? Because it's a lie. And what you did was pretty close to libelous. The only thing that I will say is that it's not libelous because you have to prove there was an intent uh, to misinform. And that's very difficult to do, especially for public figures. Um, yeah. But bro, you tweeting that out was just no... Just no, do not know. That was no, that was bad. No, it was it was a lie. I mean, every single LSU football player that's replied to it has tweeted out like, yeah, that's a lie. And like, you know, I wouldn't have believed that anyway because that sounds ridiculous. And someone made a very funny tweet today and it was like, this is the only kid that is ever been allowed at practice and if you've ever seen the movie the blind side you will know exactly what the reference is i'm not going to post it mainly because i can't post tweets in podcast form if you can find a way to turn tweets into and twitter images into a an audio medium please contact somebody me first please i would like to learn your wizardry but yeah, wizardry is, I think, what's going to be necessary to beat the Ole Miss Rebels on this Saturday afternoon at 2.30 on CBS. Oh god, this game's going to take four hours. Not like the LSU-Florida game didn't take four hours. I was in that stadium for far too long, and I got a sunburn on my right ear. Because I had an ear infection, and I didn't want to put sunscreen on my ears. Yeah, okay, that evil laser ball decided to punish me. Um, and that evil laser ball will be punishing our defense. Matt Corral's evil laser ball will probably be going deep a couple of times. I think he throws for four or five touchdowns. He's responsible for, like, six. That's how you get... What's seven times six? 42? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, let's go with that. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think we're gonna win it. I think it'll be closer than I thought last week's game was going to be. But last week's game, I thought was going to be a 30 to 40 point blowout. So, yeah. Ole Miss by, let's say, I said 55 to 31, right? I'm going to stick with that. 55 to 31 is my prediction. So, 24. Ole Miss by 24. If I am completely right about this final score, y'all, I am going to be on, like, so much happiness. But not really, because we also lose to Ole Miss. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Goal to Go kickoff show. Kicking off your weekend for college and pro football. We will have, and by we I mean I, there's no we in this thing. Um, I will be having an episode of the two-point conversion out for the uh, Ole Miss game. That'll be out on Sunday morning. And then for the Saints game, that'll be out on Tuesday morning. Because, you know, the Saints play Monday night. I can't do a recap for a game that never happened. That's just impossible. And if you want to tweet at me that it is possible, then tweet me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. In the description of this thing is the stream that I did on 
Tuesday night. I do them every other week, so they won't be this Tuesday. They'll be next Tuesday. I would link you to that, but, you know, it'll be linked in the description of that video, and, um, yeah, you'll learn about it next week because it won't be important this week. Hopefully your week is very good and your weekend is good, and until next time, I am Ben Schluter. This has been the Goal to Go kickoff show. Until next time, bye bye